Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Marie Kondo is not giving me joy. I'm sticking with Lupita Nyong'o in the apocalypse. And I have a shocking Blake Shelton confession. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Happy Feminist Wednesday. How are you doing? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's a drop-down menu. It's a drop-down menu. Actually, my favorite thing is <laughs> my friend Bobby came over, and he hadn't seen us since the baby was born. What? And he was like, how are you? And he's like, and then he like looked at my face, and he's like, you don't have to tell me. Just like give me a facial expression. <laughs> He's like, actually, like, don't get into it. Just, like, give me a nod of, like, where you're at emotionally. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I laughed. He's like, you don't thought, have to. I thought that was funny. He's like, actually, like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> what are friends for? Yeah. You have a three-month-old. I know. That's incredible. It's crazy. Is the time, like, flown by or is it felt like a century? <sighs> yes and No. Time is so weird because it's in such, it's in hourly increments. Every hour of my day is like either I have like an hour where she might be sleeping or I have an hour where like she's awake or I have an hour, like it's every hour is so weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are times when it feels like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it to, you know, now she's up till 10, which is a nightmare. It's like, I'm not going to make it till 10 PM to get a break. Um, and then sometimes it's like, oh my God, it's Thursday. It feels like a Monday, but it's weird too, because I don't get a, like weekends are different. So it's not like weekends are this respite anymore, which I feel like I'm really mourning Mm -hmm. of like, oh, it just keeps going. Just never ends. And going and going. We're on this roller coaster ride. So it's been, um, honestly, it's been really hard. And I've been doing a lot of Instagram oversharing about my postpartum depression. And now I think I also have a little bit of anxiety too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have found such a beautiful community online who has been sending me such love letters and sending me such support. And I'll post something and I'll be like, oh, I don't know if this is like not jazzy enough to share, you know, because I know what a privilege and, you know, I deeply love my daughter, but I'm also having these very complicated emotions about it. And so I do feel like a little bit of shame and guilt about posting mm-hmm. But I'm being greeted with like such love. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that and thankful that there is this online space where I can kind of share both things. Yeah. Cause something my friend Molly told me is like, you can feel this angst and this hardness and this you know, these complicated emotions and you can also deeply love your child at the same time. And I think when people talk about postpartum depression, they feel like it's one or the other. Mm. Like if you have it, like you're a horrible mother and you don't love your child. And it's like, no, that's not true. Like I am a complicated person and I can carry both of these feelings at the same time. Um, so it's been wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm happy. Well, no, I mean, I, I'm so glad to hear that your community and your sisterhood is surrounding you and, and you're so deserving of that love and you're 
you're doing an incredible job as your friend. I'm like in awe of you just taking the way and I've said this to you before, just the way that you took on this role wholeheartedly and like have embraced it in such a, in all of its messiness and all of its anxieties and all of it in such a full way is incredible. And I'm proud of you for naming things and for, and for talking about your experiences. And I think this is, it's so important and it's, it's really brave of you to do that. Thank you. It's been, it's, I feel like complicated is like a big word I keep coming back to because there's so much, I've never also been in a position or done anything in my life that I felt like carries so much judgment. Mm. Like there's like little things people will say or like, you know, kind of it's everyone has such a unique experience with their own kids and they think what their kids do is the law because that was what their experience. So you know, like I'll do something and somebody will say like, oh, well, we didn't do that. Or like, well, this was what worked for us. And even if it's like on a helpful hand, it can feel kind of like, I don't know my child. Yeah. It's, it's the most bizarre space to be in. It's like so multi-tiered of how extreme your emotions can feel from like making like a small decision. Yeah. It's really bizarro. Yeah. Well, but we're, we're getting there. And she is three months is a lot. It feels like a, it feels like a short amount of time, but it's, it feels also like such a lifetime and like such a great milestone that she's, that she's made it and she's healthy and she's, I feel like it's so funny too. Like I try to be like, so very present with her and I'm also aware that postpartum depression, sometimes children can feel Gwyneth Paltrow says like your children are on your Wi-Fi, and they can feel your whatever. So I also repressed a lot of my, how I'm feeling in front of her in a way that's like, I'm just trying to be so joyful and like present when I'm there and like really try to put my shit aside and deal with it later. Um, and she truly is like very happy and like giggly and joyful. And so that's good. <laughs> it's good, but it's also, I mean, put your own mask on. <laughs> Put your own mask on before you help others. I know. It's so complicated. It's like, it's funny too. Like, so I was like, I got to get a therapist. Like my therapist moved to Florida and I was like, oh fuck, I got to get a new therapist. And it has taken me three months to find like an hour where somebody can come over and watch. Like it's, it's so tricky. And my husband's been to therapy like three times. Yeah. It's, it's like bananas. Gender roles is a whole other thing we could get into, but we got to move on and talk about, we got to give the people what they want really, but we could talk about this for another 10 hours. Yeah. And we will probably in the segment of little 15 minute bursts here and there, but, um, I would love to check in because you just newly come back. Well, you, there's a lot happening with you too. You just moved. How's your apartment? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's glorious looking. It's It's so beautiful. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It's great. We moved like a block away from where we used to live. We are now don't have any roommates. Um, which is not like, God. I loved my roommates. I know, but come on. Isn't it so nice? It's like, we just needed to progress that in our relationship and in our marriage. It was like, uh, yeah, we lived so. with roommates for the first 13 months of our marriage. So you did what you had to do. We did our, it's we did our time. People. Yeah. So it's really good to be in our own space still in the neighborhood. Um, and I'm excited, you know, spring is upon us and we have a backyard and we have a finished basement and my mom is coming in June Gorgeous. and it just all feels very exciting. So I can't wait to see Pat Matthews. I know. She's the best. This is a weird question that I had written down for you. Can't wait. 
On your Instagram, it showed that you were in Ikea. Yeah. How do you feel about Ikea? I love Ikea. You know, I used to hate Ikea, and now I love it as well. That's so fucked up that you hated (laughs) Ikea. Who hates Ikea? Who loves Ikea? It's a delight. Such a disaster, though. It's not. It is the most efficient process and efficient company you'll ever see. It's like, it's built on efficiency. As Liz Lemon said, it's where couples go to die. I disagree. It is so practical. I love it. Doesn't it scare you, though, the amount of people that are just swarming? Oh, yeah. I hate the people, but I love... I love it. You're into it? Do you get And you got a cinnamon bun? You always. You got to get a cinnamon bun at checkout. It's your reward. You made it. You made it. (laughs) Get a cinnamon bun. You have your Billy bookcase and your playing chair, and you get your cinnamon bun. All right. I love Ikea. I grew up with Ikea, though. Like, everything in our house was Ikea. Really? Oh, yeah. Ikea was was a real special treat. So it was outside the city. You had to real you had to real make a pil- pilgrim a pilgrimage, not speaking right. Yeah. It's all going downhill this episode. Well, it does though on the beaver bites. I feel like I we had one in we had an IKEA in Calgary like growing up, so I guess I grew up in a very privileged in a very privileged place, but um no, I live for it. And it was I hadn't been to one in so long and Umer and I you went to live the, for it. Oh, I love going to IKEA. Fun fact, though, I hate putting together Ikea furniture. I'm all there for well, like... that's like something you need a degree in. I'm like a... I'm all about like the visualizations and say, thinking about like the candle votives and thinking about like what color scheme we want. And like, I love that process. Mm-hmm. I literally completely zone out when we have to like take things out of the box and get the Allen key out. I will say when we had the baby, we bought a bunch of storage stuff and... Even though Ikea is a goddamn nightmare, I bought a real piece of furniture and they ha- and tried to put that together and took four days. Yeah, it takes forever. But the Ikea stuff is way easier, even though it is. It's efficient. It's right? built on efficiency. It's yeah, Swedish. Yeah. All right. Now we know. I love Ikea. Let it be known. It's part of my brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. We could get a sponsor, maybe. Oh, can you imagine if Ikea sponsored Beaver Talk? What a weird pairing. <laughs> You just get high on cinnamon buns. Oh, my God. Can we? I have a shocking confession. Oh, I'm not even ready for it. I think I know it's coming. I know. Do I'm it. Gonna say pers- it. I I'm can't. Gonna apologize. I'm going to take it back at some point. I'm going to start crying. I started watching The Voice because my father-in-law brought us one of those thingies where you can get the cable for like the first couple of channels. A Roku? No. What are you it's like about? a digital bunny ears, basically. So I get like NBC and ABC and. Okay. So now I'm watching morning shows. Weird shit is happening in my life right now. But anyway, we're watching The Voice. Blake Shelton is very charming. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He is homophobic and racist and terrible. I know, but he's like, I get it. I get what Gwen Stefani is No, you're just like in baby mind of like your apartment. I posted this on Instagram and women came out of the work and were like, I know. I had solidarity. I can't. I know. I am, I am. A, I am apologizing. Six for months how from I now. Feel. No, not even six months. Three months from now, I'm going to check in with you on this, and you're going to be like, "I'm ashamed." Canceled. I get it, though. He is so charming. He's an idiot. I don't. He's handsome. I, oh I, that's my all God, I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And we're moving on. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me upsetting. about Brian Cranston. I mean, show. I recently came around. Oh. Brian Cranston. There we go. Move it right along. (laughs) 
I recently came around to Bradley Cooper being handsome and I haven't been there for a long time. It kind of gelled for me at the Oscars. I was oh, like, yeah. I get this now. Oh, yeah. I get this. I get who you are. Mm-hmm. I get why people are obsessed because of the hang. I like it's because of that walk to the piano. It's not just the walk. I got just gave myself chills it's thinking not, about his it's, walk. <laughs> it's not the walk. It's when he picks up the mic stand yes. and goes around the piano. Yeah. Woo! Woo! We're <laughs> <laughs> oh, never going to recover from that. That no. is the moment of 2019. Wow. Not the performance. The moment he picks up the mic stand. What? A, I mean, that performance deserved an Oscar. The two of them. They really were like milking it. Oh, man. Living for it. Anyways. Do you think Lady Gaga hates him in real life? No. I think she does. What? I think she's playing to his male ego and pretending she's in love with him. Absolutely not. Some but new theory I've got. Okay. Just well, came to maybe. Me. <laughs> We've struck with a bolt of. Wait. So back to Brian Cranston. How do we get on Bradley Cooper? I brought it up as somebody I recently came around to. A la you with Blake Shelton. Mm. Can't even. I get so mad that his name is even on this podcast now. Anyways, I went and saw Brian Cranston's play Network. It's a very average play. Did you talk to him afterwards? Oh, my God. No. I've talked to him already, though. I know you have. He and I are friends. I thought you maybe touch a base again. I should have. Brian. I should have with Brian. Um, the weirdest part about it. So there's this part in the play where Brian Cranston goes and sits in the audience. What's this play about? Sorry to interrupt it's you. It's about a newscaster who oh, right, right, um, right. goes crazy on air, but he's very Fox News. Like mm. He's like a doomsdayer. And he, like, is constantly like, you need to look at yourselves and the capitalism you're participating in and don't trust the government. And, like, he's very that guy. Not so. Mm-hmm. So then they build a whole show around that. And he basically gets exploited as, like, this voice of... It's very, like, Sean Hannity, great? like, that kind of thing. What? Was he great? He's phenomenal in it. Yeah. It's a very average play. It also has Tony Goldwyn from <gasps> Scandal. Yes. yes. Okay. So I was thinking Tony Hale when you said that, and I got more excited, but Golden's great, too. He's fine. The president. The president himself is in the room. Yeah. Um, so it's cool because the whole play is done with TV screens. So you're sometimes watching TV screens for what's happening on stage, but sometimes you're watching what's happening on stage as a play. Hmm. So it's very interesting the okay. way that it's like kind of a commentary on how we're constantly consuming media and constantly consuming information. Mm -hmm. But at one point, Brian Cranston goes and sits in the audience. And so the audience is watching themselves back on screen. And it's like this very meta moment of like, we need to be reflective. We need to like be thinking about very blue man group. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't say it's very, maybe I would. All right. It's a very blue man group moment. And who is behind Brian Cranston but Jeff Daniels sitting in the audience? And it was like this weird moment of everyone. Like kind intentionally? Of, no. Like Jeff Daniels was just there oh. checking out the play because he's in To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. And everybody kind of had this moment of like, wait, what? Why is Jeff Daniels here right now? Hysterical. And Brian Cranston like looked over his shoulder and was like, oh, my God. And then he was like. You kind of look like a newscaster, too. And they had this, like, great improv moment. It was great. It was so fun. Um, I live for Brian Cranston. I think he's amazing. He wrote a beautiful thing on International Women's Day, which I, like, freaked out over. What did he say? He just talked about all the women in his life who inspire him to, like, be a better version of himself and constantly push him to, like, 
be more courageous and be more like em- empathetic and just all that kind of thing. But then he gave a specific shout out to women who are living in the way of violence and in mm. the way of insecurity. And he just talked about like, we need to work at bringing peace to you and peace to your lives. And it was just really thoughtful and really, well, thanks, Brian. 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 Um, but thank you for asking. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. Don't blush or anything. I also saw Hillary and Clinton. Oh, yeah. Girl, let me tell you. Uh-huh. This play called me out in such a huge way on my feminism that I felt like emotionally hung over the next day. I don't day. know if I'm ready to receive what you're going to tell me. So the play is about um, Hillary Clinton running in, 20, in 2008 against Barack Obama. Uh-huh. And it's specifically centered around the New Hampshire primary where she was losing horribly and then she won New Hampshire and it's kind of this moment of like the play is all takes place in her hotel room Mm, cool and she's losing horribly so she calls Bill to come in and Bill like starts campaigning on her behalf without her permission and starts Mm. like making her be more human and it's this whole conversation that she was such a robot and unrelatable that she like I guess went to an event in New Hampshire where she cried a little bit and it's basically her win in that state is like attributed to her showing vulnerability finally. Mm-hmm. And for Bill Clinton, like coming in and saving the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the whole play is them fighting. It's just them like screaming at each other and him being like, you don't let anyone in. And you're like such a, you're, you are so afraid to show you her humanity. And like the reason I'm so good at this is because I'm, I'm the regular voter. I'm the American of like the America of the people and all this kind of thing. And she's talking about how experienced she is. And it is so much. Wow. I'm But the whole play is just them like figuring out their relationship through this very intense vote. Right. And I felt called out because he's listing all of the terrible things. Both of them are talking about all the terrible things people have said about her. Right. And I've also said about her and like that we've all kind of said about her. And I felt like, man, like we've all participated in this weird, like character assassination of women Mm. and of women in in places of power and of women who like have to hold it together in order to like be successful. And it's just a really interesting play. Laurie Metcalf plays Hillary and John (gasps) Lithgow plays. Laurie Metcalf. I know. And John Lithgow plays Bill. Um, I like him, but okay. He's so good in it. I'm sure he is. But they also don't do, like, they don't do the voices. They don't do the mannerisms. They don't do any of that, which is yeah. good. Like, they're not doing, I like, SNL Metcalf. characterizations. But I felt very, like, called out. Mm. Like, I need to do better at supporting women. Wow. and And noticing the way that I talk about other women and noticing the way that I participate in, like, the toxicity. Well, we expect so much from our firsts, you know? Meryl Streep said that at Women of the World. It's like the, what we're putting on this woman's shoulders is uncarryable. Yeah. And that we demand the vulnerability and the empathy and, and, every, and the experience. And it's, it's really hard. There's one point where her campaign manager is just in a screaming match with Bill Clinton. And she's just lying on the ground with like papers on top of her face while they both scream about their own interpretations of how she should be representing herself to the public. Wow. And like she's just lying on the ground between them, and it's like it's a probably like f- 
five to eight minutes long of like them just like losing it at each other while she's like, oh, by the way, I can determine how I should be represented for myself. I I mean, I think about that with like a lot of public figures and like the way that they're portrayed and the way that we're shifting our view of them and the fixers and the behind this. It's just, it's all very fascinating. It sounds like it. So it was good. Yeah, it was really, I really liked it a lot. I think that, did you go with Umer? I went with Umer and a couple of gal friends. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting. Just had to say that though. Fascinating. Well, while we're on the things we're recommending. Yep. Any other uh, bullet point items you want us to know about or check out? You must watch Us, which is the new Jordan Peele movie. Absolutely not. It's way too scary. Yeah, you will not be able to breathe throughout it. But I don't think so. I went and I loved it. I can't even look at the posters. I know. Did you watch the trailer? Yes. Oh my God. So scary with the scissors. Yeah. It's very And scary. the noises of the scissors. So many noises. And why are they in that room with the bunnies? Yeah. Tell me why. I can't tell you. Why? Too is it many too spoilers. Scary? Too many spoilers. All I'm saying is I love Jordan Peele and how scary is it like on very. a scale of one to ten? I was very scared. I'd like to like see it maybe at my in my house if it's daylight. But it's more Do you horror. think I could take it or no? No. <laughs> no. I don't think you could. It's more horror and less thriller. So it's more okay. kind of like I need a thriller. I'm gonna die. So the thing I, I do really liked about it is it's not jumpy. You're not constantly like jumping out of your skin and like kind of like having all of these really like exhaustive reactions to things. It mm-hmm. more just kind of holds you and like brings you into this really weird world. Can you tell me about the social commentary of it? Like, what's the is it? Do, I mean, are we, we're talking about race in some capacity. I'm assuming. Or no. Kind of. I think it's definitely not Get Out. It's definitely not doing the same things as Get Out. I think it's more... You can definitely pull social commentary from it. I mean, I think he infuses all of his movies with so many layers and so many different intentional facets. But really, I think Us is an homage to horror. Mm. And I think it's just like... It's a throwback to Hitchcock. It's a throwback to... I feel that, yeah. Yeah, it's like a very much a love letter to the genre. And also solidifying Jordan Peele's like really real place in the genre. And so I think that it's so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of it's it's so interesting that darkness comedians have. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah, there's definitely social commentary, but I more so was just like along for the ride of it and in kind of like this space of loving what he was doing with like camera and color and, um, and cast and cast and lighting and like it's just it's a really gorgeous movie well i wish i could see it i know you're not allowed (laughs) okay i'm not letting you see it i'm not in a place to see it honestly not today satan not today (laughs) oh my gosh we're having an exciting episode today (laughs) Um, (laughs) there we go has it taken this long for that to come into our lives I love it. Um, uh, something lighter that people can dip into. Maybe if us is too much for them is Diane Keaton's Instagram. You keep sending me stuff <laughs> from it. And honestly, I just love it. She's the fashion influencer we never knew we needed. I mean, she's always been the fashion influencer. But not on like Instagram. I mean, it's just such a fun platform to see her shine. Because, of course, you're right. She is always such an icon. You know who else has a great Instagram is Glenn Close. Really? <laughs> yeah. Following immediately. She trains her dog on it and like does all of this like amazing. What kind of dog does she have? Just like a little like, like a small poodly thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he came to the Screen Actors Guild Awards with her. 
Hmm. And walk the red carpet. But Cruella DeVille. Oh my God. <laughs> I love her. But yeah, she does a fun mix of like behind the scenes, but also like very glam moments. Hmm. Get it, Glenn Close. And Diane Keaton, for that matter. Um, some other cool Netflix shows, uh, Dairy Girls. Have you seen this? I've been told to watch it, but you, nobody can tell me why. You have to watch it with the subtitles on because you cannot understand what they're saying. Because it takes place in Northern Ireland, which yeah, is I've been not whatever that accent was. Oh, you have, you've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Um, it's a, it's it's such a delight and such a joyful show. It's just about these gals in an all-girls school just running amok, just yeah. being messes. Yeah. But being like such great friends and just train wrecks. Like everything that they try to do goes awry but mm. the writing is so fun that each episode feels so intentionally done um it's a it's a must it's just joy I'll totally joyful but you do need the subtitles i tried to watch it without and was like i don't know what the hell this show is yeah and then my mother actually was like you gotta watch with the subtitles i heard you need the subtitles and i was like okay mary alice <laughs> your mom I oh know. my god okay i'll watch it i mean you're, a few people have been like you need to get on this so yeah, I guess I'll check it out. Another Netflix one is Working Moms. Have you heard of this one? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> With all the love, it's not my thing. And I'm like, I'm happy they made it. But I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm willing for other people to like to get celebrate into that. Sure. Fair enough. It's it's a Canadian show. Yep. That takes place in Canada. And um, it's good. It's it's very it's very good. Sometimes it veers from the plot and is just a sitcom. And I'm like, I'm not here for this. Yeah. Um, and it also it does the four women, but doesn't intersect their lives. Which how many times do we need to say if you're going to put them on screen, yeah. throw them together? Right. Is some so sometimes the the threads are you know, here and there. But they do talk about postpartum depression in, in a gorgeous way. Yeah. Um, and abortion. And they, they do some really beautiful identity moments. And I almost wish it was more. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a bit surface. Um, but I guess there's three seasons, so perhaps more will be revealed. Also, while we're commenting, you know how in The Intern with uh what's her face Anne Hathaway. that her husband cheats on her and this whole narrative of like the working woman is like such a cunt and men aren't attracted to her they do a lot of that Ugh. stereotyping in this show which i think is deeply damaging yeah like the stay-at-home dad isn't attractive anymore and like the woman that gets a promotion like her husband literally says like i guess you don't need me anymore and it's like what Ick. can we move on from this it's I'm, 2019 it's, it's so damaging when we don't get a lot of shows like this yeah. and then that's what they give us. Uh. It's and they if you want to talk about the complexity of a relationship in a marriage with children, you can do it. But let's not do it like this. No. So. It's like it's being written by people who are like have that fear but they don't actually they haven't actually done it and so they don't know that like it doesn't need to be that way. Well, I feel like there's like, I, I think the show hits it so hard and some moments are so on. And then some moments I'm like, I don't know where this is or why. Or maybe it was the direction. I, I'm trying. I really want to give space to the show because yeah. it is all in all good. And I watched the whole thing. But it is question. It's there's there's some questions that need answering. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get into it. Yeah, you don't need to. I liked it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, speaking of Netflix shows that I haven't watched, <laughs> I heard you have a problem with Marie Kondo. I do have a... I do. Do we need to burn some ridges? Yes, please. Let's burn them. I'm sorry, my dear, but you are up for a little... <laughs> my God, where are we right now? Um, so I'm... Ken is really loving it. We're so it. distracted by the... I saw him go for the board. That's what I know. No, I was ready. Was. I knew he had one ready. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Guys, I'm apologizing for whatever is happening in this episode. Journalism. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot of shows that I won't let my daughter watch. And <laughs> we're watching Housewives. We're watching all the Netflix shows. Russian Doll we watch. I don't think your daughter should be watching Housewives. Actually, I think she should be watching everything and make her own opinion. Neither here nor there. I won't watch Riverdale because I think there's a lot of violence and it. it's like a little creepy. She's three months old, so yeah. But- you never know what you're pulling in. And then Marie Kondo, I turned off. Why? I was like, this is inappropriate. And I refused to watch the rest of this episode. Wow, I wow. got in six minutes, seven minutes. And I have bought two of her books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, Clean House is like a great show, which they you know, are pulling off of. Nisi Nash, the, yeah. the one and only. And I was ready to be rejuvenized and find my joy of looking at objects. And I was so pissed off about the misogyny that these men that come to this episode and they have the audacity to go, why isn't my wife cleaning? Why doesn't she have time to empty the dishwasher? We have this like domestic couple that's, she has two kids and her husband, and she wants a laundry service. She said, it would make my life easier if somebody did the fucking laundry. And he's like, I think you should have the time to do it. I'm working. Why can't you like pull your weight around here? And it made me so furious that I was like, I was like stomping around my house and I was like, this is show is inappropriate. My daughter will not be watching this misogyny. We cannot. Wait, so Marie Kondo comes in and then she likes, what does she do? Well, I've read a lot of feminist reviews that I guess she like, she comes in and she's like, oh, ha, ha, you're like an asshole and like you should clean and blah, 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 blah. But I, I just am not here for whatever the setup is to get us there. I cannot get there. Right. We're I'm not-, not interested in being on this journey. I don't even want to be in these people's houses. If this is how he's going to treat his wife. Fuck you. Yeah. These are not deserving people. I just, it made me furious. Oh, furious. I haven't heard that review, so that really upsets me. <laughs> I haven't watched it because I feel like everyone's just been telling me how to feel about it. And I'm like, I don't really care. But, oh. I mean, I don't know. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. Somebody tell me it gets better. But I, this was the first episode. And maybe they're trying to poke at a gender role. But I don't want to see. I don't want to see a man yeah. tell his wife that he needs to. she needs to do more laundry. If you want to get more laundry done, fucking do it yourself. Yeah, You've got two hands and not... You don't have two children that are clinging to you. Yeah. So it looks to me like you've got the time and the space and the energy to do that. It doesn't so why don't bring you get us, it done? It doesn't bring us joy. Nope. Ugh, bye. Bye. Anybody bye, bye, else bye, 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 bye. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a dumb one. It's something I'm actually kind of conflicted about, and I would love your input. Okay. Okay, like, you know how on, like, cereal boxes... <laughs> <laughs> it used to say like mom approved right or like for the peanut butter it's like choosy moms choose jiff right well now it says choosy parents yeah and i feel <laughs> and sal and i had a very long conversation about this that until women have equal pay 
What? Why do we need to give up space in the parenting realm for being seen as like the authority figures? I... <laughs> and this is maybe an anti-feminist thing this is to say. A, well, this is a purchasing question. The reason why they targeted it to moms was because moms were the ones who were buying shit. Well, we still are. Maybe not. We still they run, have a lot of demographics. We to still run eighty six percent of the economy. Correct, but I think it's trying to be more inclusive. I I know, and I, think I know Aaron, that people like to create space for like men being parents, and I totally get it. And we need equality in that space, a hundred percent. But I don't. There's something that irks me about it. Like, we're so eager to let men in in women's spaces. I see. And we are so eager to push women out whenever they want to get anywhere else. And it's such a stupid, small thing. But, like, the work that I do in my marriage and in my child rearing is a thousand times more than my husband. Mm -hmm. In an equal partnership, in a feminist partnership, my husband has been with my child in total by himself six hours. I have not been without my child for more than six hours in three months. There is no way you can have equality. So then when we look at this really small sector, we're just going to like blast open the doors and say that like men are these great parents, which yes, they are. But it just feels like they're taking something. I don't think this is about a peanut butter job. <laughs> I want you to write a newsletter about this. I just want my name on a cereal box. Aaron Bagwell recommends. Yeah, exactly. Um, I hear it's you. It's so stupid. It's not stupid. It's valid. And I think that you should write a newsletter about it. What about what? Exactly what you just said. I think that the, I think it stands for, I love what you say about like, we're so quick to make sure that men feel included and seen. Right. But we're not. And celebrated. Like, oh my God, like you do one thing and it's like, you're the greatest person ever. But like women do all this stuff. But this is a gender role question. Like, like way I'm thinking about in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, men were in the workplace. Women were in the home. Uh huh. And so when you were like, marketing products to the home you market to women because they were the ones buying them sure and so now that that is definitely becoming a different demographic and it's becoming men are you know there's both are in the workforce both are parents both are like doing all these roles the gender roles are not as distinct Mm -hmm. it makes sense to change the language as a progressive thing but I see what you're saying of like, let's think of all the other language we should be considering. Well, I guess what let's I'm think saying, of all the other roles that we should be. We we don't acknowledge. the. F- but I think I think what I'm trying to say is like, you know, when people are like, oh, I don't like the word feminist because it's feminine. And it's like even on a scale of equality, like women are still doing more work. Yeah. Ten out of ten times. Right. So like the fact that we're going to remove the mom language, it, it does. It bugs me. What about family? Ah, jeez, Kent. <laughs> Maybe you don't get so angry at someone trying to sell you sugar. That's the other thing. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> sure. Oh, peanut it's, butter. Sure, it's a small... Again, I, I recognize that this is like a very nuanced blah, blah, blah. I'm just sharing it in emotion and feeling. Of course, two dads, they might want to buy kicks and they might want to feel inclusive. I'm just... I think we need to create more space for women all the time. That's it. <laughs> Either way, we're burning the bridge with Jif. Come Jif. at me. Jif will not be a sponsor, I guess. No, we're not going to get a peanut butter sponsor, which is heartbreaking. Are you burning any bridges this week? Not this week, but I have a lot of people I'm worried about. Okay, let's see. Who are we praying for? Well, we have a list here. Yes. 
I need to start off with Tan France. Yeah, tell me why. So why are, what's happening? I've watched season three of Queer Eye. Love, 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 love it. People are loving it. Oh my God, it's phenomenal. It is so phenomenal. Talk about making over deserving, lovely people. Mm -hmm. That is something the show does so well is every single person that they make over is incredible and so warm and just the whole mission. I mean, we've talked about this to the nth degree, but the whole mission of leading with love and of having these five men who are just so grounded, but fun and like, it's really funny, but it's really, it's just so inspiring. And I, I think, people need to let the joy of it in and people need to stop like shitting on it and like being so dismissive of it because mm-hmm. it's important. I do, I think what Queer Eye is doing is extremely innovative and extremely original, especially for where this country is right now. And I think people need to let the joy in more. All right. Just leading with that. Having said all of this. What's going on with Tan? What is going on with Tan? Tell me. What do you... What? Well, here's my thing. I just feel like Karamo is blossoming into an incredible I mean he is a male Oprah thank god we've been waiting for Karamo he's the male Oprah agree and then we have Bobby who's like super successful in his interior design business is like totally staying in his lane right love what Bobby's doing JVN is my best friend yeah please (laughs) needs no introduction but again is like staying in his lane with like grooming and fashion and like doing the whole thing Anthony is becoming a restaurateur and doing all the food posts and is doing a lot of sponsored content. Tan is just... Are we talking about outside of the show? Yes. Tan is like not doing fashion, not really doing grooming. Wasn't he writing a book or something? Yeah, but like what? It's like he's totally stepped out of the thing that made him really gorgeous and really like interesting to follow. And it's like he's just kind of being another influencer. Hmm. And I'm just, I'm not putting a lot of weight on it, but I'm just like, Tan. What do you want him to do? I want him to step into fashion and step into like being that authority figure, being that like voice that brings such a distinct perspective because he has so much to say about it and he's not saying any of it. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird last year, right around Christmas time, JVN did a partnership with Rent the Runway. It's like, that should be something Tan is doing. Like that, like that is a shoe in for like what he should be a part of and like, it just, feel, I just, I just want to name it. I'm just thinking of Tan France. I want to see them all thrive. All right. Very good. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you praying for? Um, well, here's a small one, but Justin Bieber asks his no. fans to pray for him. No. So no. I think he should be added to our list. Sure. Yeah, I feel no. nervous about people who get so successful when they're young. He's broken. Okay. Well, it's, he needs to not be famous and that's, what's going to fix it. He needs to like step out, like all the way out. Right, right. And he married a Baldwin, so that's not an option. It's it's so narcissistic. I just can't. Well, Diana's not praying for him. Justin, <laughs> you have my my thoughts and prayers. Also, I'm really into J Lo and A Rod right now. Tell me more. Well, it kind of in the vein that we were talking about of like, oh, men don't like women who are successful and they're so scary and they make a lot of money. Like, she is such a badass. And I love how supportive he is of her career. He's like, she's like such a great role model for my kids. I love that she's so ambitious. Like, I heard he was cheating on her. <sighs> Diana, I don't know. <laughs> well, he put a ring on it. I, I don't mean, know. They're just so elite. 
There's like a whole elitist thing and that's like very I stressful I love that for their me. families are mashing. Sure. Okay. What do you think about all the people who are being so mean to her about this being like her sixth engagement? I think it's fucking awesome. I think she's like Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, love that. So glamorous. Love it. Just have a hundred husbands. Yes. Yeah, I'm here for it. Honeymoon with all of them and do the big splash for every wedding. I hope she has like a room in her, maybe like not in her like house with my rod, but like she has like a secret area where she has like all of her rings like in a box or something like an art gallery. And she's like, oh yeah, that was my past. Now moving in the future. Because you know that A-Rod got her a ring that's twice as big as, was Ben Affleck the last one? No, Mark. Or, Mark uh, Anthony. Yes. Were her and Ben Affleck ever married? They were engaged, right? I believe they were. Holy shit. Life is weird. Yeah. Life is weird. Anybody else? You know, we were sharing that photo of Gail King with R. Kelly. Did you watch the interview? Oh, no, I was too scared. Oh, my God. You didn't even watch the interview? <laughs> no, I saw that photo and I was like, I felt everything I needed to feel. Aaron. Tell me about boo. it. Tell me. No, you got to watch it. Okay. It is the ultimate wow. in privilege and predation and just terrifying. Mm. You got to watch it mm. because the way that she holds her own and the way that she's like, it sounds like you're trying to play the victim. Like she just calls him out at every moment. And I'm like, this is what it looks like to be a woman on top. Wow. Well, it's very Cecile Richards during the Planned Parenthood. Like the the groundingness. You could just feel iconic. We're praying for It's very Anita King. It's very, yeah, Cecile Richards. Hillary Clinton. I loved it. God, we're just always under fire, aren't we? Yep. What are you excited about? I'm excited for, oh, here's an unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. I'm really excited for Long Shot with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Oh, I am here for that movie. I <laughs> am here for it. Her wig is so awful, and I just, like, can't wait. Correct. Also, like, Charlize Theron would never be able to be. It's just, what, the excuse me, Diana? Her being president is hilarious to me. Why? Well, she's South African. Diana, as a Canadian, you should be more open-minded. I mean, this, the, well, she's not. it's just so funny because it's so silly and like, I just am ready for like laughter and it comes out, I think in May. I literally can't yes, wait. May 2nd, I believe. Can't wait. It looks so fun. Yeah. I'm always a little questionable about the Seth Rogen of it all though. Oh, I love Seth Rogen. Do you? He's so feminist. Yeah, he is. But And his wife is a badass. She is a badass. All right. I'm coming around. <laughs> what are you excited for? What am I excited for? Um... Oh, well, I got to see five feet apart. Oh, my God. Have I got to support Cole. I saw the trailer. I watched it. And I also was... Justin Bondi from Jane the Virgin directed it. I don't watch Jane the Virgin. I do. So I was like, I got to support my friends. <laughs> we watched the trailer and Umer was like, oh, my God, is Erin going to go see five feet apart? Because she likes Jughead. I, 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 well, you told me I have to. You got to go. I, I do. Because you have to report back. I'm never going to watch it. I might just watch it in my PJs, though, later. I Do love, I have to see it in a theater, you think? Yeah. I love that it's following the pantheon of the a, walk to re- a Walk to Remember, The Fault in Their Stars, and Now Five Feet Apart. Yeah. Well, you know. Really killing it. I'm uh, nervous and excited. Don't be nervous. It's just going to be exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, All those movies are. Probably. Um, Although, I, you know when you like know somebody is like in a relationship with somebody in real life? <laughs> Like you, like you are. 
the relationship. Well, I, I mean, on screen, like when you see an actor and you know they're married to somebody else. Who's he married to? He's not, but I kind of wish the lead was the girl from Riverdale. Oh my god! Who he's really dating in real life? Is that the one who just became the Victoria's Secret model, or is that the other Sprouse? Wait, what? There's two Sprouses. Yes, his twin brother Dylan. Right. Is Dylan Sprouse dating the model? Who's Cole Sprouse dating? Cole Sprouse is dating uh, Baby Brand. I can't remember her name, um, but she's the lead in Riverdale. She's oh. Betty. Oh, okay. And they know. date in the show, and they're so cute on Instagram. What a bunch of kids. I love them so much. So it's going to be weird to see them with another girl, to be honest. Is there anything better than Young Hollywood? I love Young Hollywood. Do you? I do. I think Who it's so fun. Who else is in that pantheon? Oh, my God. Who do you Jaden love? Smith, Willow Smith. We've got, like, the Baldwins in there. I love it. I love Young Hollywood. Really? Yeah. Because it's so fun because you never know who's going to be relevant in, like, two years. Because mm, they're all just poking around. Well, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask you a really upsetting question? I guess. Why are you excited for Aladdin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest with you... What about that trailer First said of all, to you? You know, I'm following Will on Instagram. And he posted, uh, you know, check out the trailer. And I said, okay, well. And the nostalgia that flooded my brain when I saw this trailer, I'm pretty sure they did shot for shot the same trailer as the cartoon. I could be making this up and I'm not going to look into it, but that's what I feel. And then when I heard A Whole New World, my heart exploded. And I was like, this fucking song is amazing. And I, and Jasmine. (laughs) She looks like such a great actress. Like she's like really giving me like princess. I just, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm a little nervous about Will Smith. Oh my God. To say the least. Cause he's, I don't know. I mean, I like Will Smith, but what's with that hair that I don't know about the costume. I don't know about any of it. But anyway, I thought it looked so fun. The music. I don't know. I just, Aladdin is such a great, I liked the Disney movie as, yeah. a, as a young girl. It wasn't young my boss. favorite, but you know, I don't know. It shocked me. And in the way that like we're talking maybe at this episode or other episodes about Wonder Woman and like the scenery, it looks cool. Like it looks beautiful. Like we're in the desert and like the we're in you know, a castle. It just, it looks visually stunning. Okay. I mean, I'll report back, guys. You do not have to see this movie. I think you're the only one who had all of these reactions <laughs> to that trailer, but I'm here for it. You don't love A Whole New World? You never sang that song a thousand times as a girl? Yes, but like, this you movie You were able is to a, separate it? It's a mess. This movie looks like a mess. Why, Diana? It just looks so bad. A and Will Smith as the genie. Look at that note. The Will Smith it's as the genie makes back. me want to crawl out of my skin. They're giving a lot of weight to him. Awful. God. Could you imagine if we had Robin Williams? I can't. Would it we have makes all, me so sad. Would we have all went and saw it? Wow. Oh, that makes me so sad. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to cry. Get it together. Fuck. Get it together. Praying for Robin. Yeah. And his family. Any other notes? Any other? I mean, I feel like we've... Really run the gambit on this one. I know. No, now I'm sad about that. God, we're just ending these episodes like daggers. Did we do a reading? Did you bring a deck? You know I did. Oh, my God. Sure. All right. Grab the tarot cards. I'm getting them out here. 
here. Which tarot deck are you going to use? Uh, well, I had to bring the cats for you. Calico cats. <laughs> do you still do readings every day? You know, I don't. <laughs> because I have a child now. And she's trying to kill me, so it's that taking all sense. my energy to stay alive. Ooh, I just punched the mic. Taking that one. What do we got? What do we got? We have the Page of Wands. It looks to be a little tabby. That's an orange tabby, yep. An orange tabby cat with its nose in the air as a leaf is falling onto its face. But it looks hopeful at the leaf. The page. It also looks to be like a nice sunset in the background. Not sure if that's important to the reading. <laughs> the sunset? Yeah. Page of Wands. Let me know. All right, beautiful. These are our key words we should be thinking about, Betty's. Creative, enthusiastic, confident, and courageous. So we're basically, we're doing this reading for all of you. This is something we're doing now. <laughs> Every episode, we're going to get a little reading to center us, to think about, you know, our weeks or where we are in the middle, I guess we'd be, since it's Feminist Wednesday. All right, so here we go. The Page of Wands. With a bold social temperament, this red tabby kitten is ready for adventure. She wants things her own way, and with the outdoors beckoning, she is not likely to become a lap cat. In the reading, when the Page of Wands appears in a reading, be prepared for excitement and a new challenge. Creativity, enthusiasm, confidence, and courage are within your grasp. Reach out and grab the glory. There you go. Happy <laughs> Feminist Wednesday. Through the fuck away. Happy Feminist Wednesday, buddies. Channel your inner Page of Wands this week. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Aaron. Bye. Beaver Talk. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.